There's no coffee in these mugs. Actually, in the first one, there was Prosecco. There that was. was. And there probably will be in one of the later ones here. This is All true. right. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of The Shred, brought to you today in conjunction with our sponsor, New Access. Thank you, New Access. The Shred, we are here to tear GovCon a new one. I'm your host, Lisa Shaymunt. I'm Amber Hart. And we are the Pulse of GovCon. And today's episode is all about how to shred a solicitation. We are going to talk through four different points about how you, the government contractor, can better shred federal solicitation. Point number one. When you are shredding a federal solicitation, always start by outlining to L. And this drives us absolutely crazy. The government gives you instructions for a reason. Amber, what are instructions? I'm not sure. They I tell don't, you I don't follow them. <laughs> they tell you what to do. It doesn't matter if you're doing a proposal or taking a test or anything. Following instructions are critical. And when you think of this as a paint by numbers exercise, right? The L or the instructions is the picture that you buy to start painting in with all the little numbers in them. So think of that as your L. So people will come to us and say, well, Amber, should we outline by C? Because that's the statement of work. And what would you say to that, Amber? I would say no. You'd say absolutely not. You should not. Don't do it. No. If somebody tells you what to do and they're going to evaluate you on following the instructions, why go against it? It's just, I know that people take the time and say, well, this is about the contract, this is a statement of work, I want to write This is what that. we're doing. This is what we are doing. You hear that Doesn't all the, the time. Doesn't the government want to know about what we're doing? No. No. Sometimes they don't. They don't. They don't. So always, always, always structure your outline to L because they're going to say in a solicitation, in this proposal response, for these volumes, we want you to separate it by these subcomponents and then we want you to discuss these elements and these requirements in it. So always, always, always start with L. And if you're painting by numbers, do you want an ugly picture? Would you automatically just go in there and be like, you know what? I'm not going to go with those colors. No. I'm going to mix in these colors. I mean, I guess if you're really creative. I guess if you want it. But you know but. where there's not a lot of wiggle room for creativity? Or creativity. <laughs> Federal proposals and the solicitations by which we abide. Our second point when shredding a solicitation is that you need to use M to inform your outline. So what does it mean to inform an outline? It means literally what the definition of inform means, which is... That was very poignant you know, of you. You know, when it comes to writing rhetoric and linguistics, that's really all federal proposals are. Um, and so we need to start taking the language at face value and just recognizing that, hey, we're going to then take the evaluation criteria which, what do they do with the evaluation criteria, Amber? They evaluate you. Incredible. So smart. Amazing. Brilliant. You know, it's really not rocket science. So if the government is going to evaluate your proposal based on criteria in M, then you obviously need to integrate that material into your outline. So many people ignore M or they leave it alone entirely or they assume that somebody's going to pick up on the idiosyncrasies of the written narrative that they have that sort of connects to the it M. It kind of talks to it in this really nice little thing. No. It doesn't work like that. It work. Because something you have to think about too are those words that are used in the evaluation criteria are words that are used in software to actually evaluate your proposal. The government will take your proposal and run it through a software that then looks for those exact key phrases and words in your proposal and that's how they grade you. So they go ahead and they look at 
hey, if it is technical experience or demonstrated experience in this area, they're actually going to look for a keyword that says demonstrated experience. And it's going to highlight that phrase for the evaluators to more easily find out where you've written about this. So that is why using M in a very distinct way is critically important. You know, that's a really good point, Amber, because a lot of people assume, you know, that people are going to sit down and they're going to, I don't know, what sort of... Read it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what sort of image you have of how people are going to evaluate your proposals, like there's a fire lit, there's a glass of wine, they're going to read it point A to point they Z. They sit around in a nice big room around a table and have really important discussions about your proposal. And we know that it's in actuality, happens. it's not what happens, and that a lot of times, yes, you might use a software to sort of down select and make sure that you are compliant. In other cases, you might pick somebody up out of the hallway that's a, a low-level employee and just say, hey, compliance check this They were me. in the wrong place at the wrong time. And they might not know anything about systems integration, and now they're responsible for telling you whether or not your proposal is compliant. That's why it's so critically important to use the evaluation criteria pretty much verbatim Always. within your proposal. Because you know what? If you have a subheading that says the evaluation criteria and then you write some narrative to it, most often somebody's just going to go, oh, okay, those two things link. There we go. They, they check the box. Um, because writing is actually a really subjective medium. And so it can be difficult to make it objective without those phrases. So the third point in shredding a solicitation and building a proposal outline is to then detail with section C. So this is where your statement of work, your PWS, your SOO, this is where all of those components then come into place. It's sort of the tertiary point of building an outline. And I know that that feels counterintuitive, but if we think about it and we've, we've made the outline with L and we've colored or informed with M and then we detail with C, you know, what like your happy you little tree. Or your little, your little flower. Little flower. Or your little sun. Little sun. It's those details that come in, and it shows in that case that you understand the details of the requirements of the work. And that's where C comes in. Now, you never, never outline by C unless the solicitation in L says to outline a section by the statement of work. It is a plot twist, but in that case, you are still outlining to L because you are following that as the primary still source following the instructions. of instructions. The instructions can tell you to state to go to the statement of work or use whatever is in that section C, but you're still outlining by L in that case. Now, I've worked on proposals, and I know you have too, where we've never talked about the statement of work. Never. Never. It seems crazy to think that not in one time are you going to be talking about what you're actually doing, but sometimes that happens. And that's a conversation for another day on why that happens and maybe the problems with that, but we're not here to talk about that. No, but it's still, it's something that happens every day. Absolutely. And because sometimes the evaluation criteria is more for that program management. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more the about past performance. your capabilities and not so much how you're going to do the work. And now this is very, um, you know, specific based on the type of requirements in a proposal, right? If you're doing something really IT heavy, you know, typically they'll ask you how you're going to do it. But if you're doing something on more of that, like, um, administrative, Front. Yeah, then or maybe even janitorial where it's a little bit more self-explanatory. Sometimes that stuff isn't required where it's more management heavy. Now, Lisa, I know that we sometimes work with clients or we come in late to proposals where every shell statement has been written to. Mm -hmm. And we absolutely understand why that happens. 
right? It's confusing, especially if you're new, that you believe that every shall statement needs to be written to because it's contractual, it's legal, and that makes a lot of sense. But what we always like to tell people is you take that to help infer it through your proposal. You help with that knowing that the legal context behind that. The government also understands that a lot of the things that you're responding to is in agreement with what is being put there unless you submit an alternative proposal, which again, is a topic for another day. But also understanding that people get freaked out about compliance. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine like if something came back non-compliant because you didn't address the shell statement? I, I get the fear behind it. And so there's different creative ways to make sure that you cover all of those elements without necessarily just directly responding to each C statement. Absolutely. The last and final point when it comes to shredding a solicitation and putting together the written outline for your proposal, and if there is one thing that we want you, industry, to take away from this today. Please listen to this. Listen to this. You. I'm talking to you over there because I know that you've said this in a meeting before, and I'm here to call you out. Quit worrying about the flow. The flow. Please stop writing novels. The magical flow Please of proposals. This drives me up a freaking wall with this idea of I need it to flow. You don't. They just want the answer. They if, just want the answer. Answer the prompt. People That's all they want. confuse proposals for other genres of writing. And this is not the great American novel. If I hear novel. the word prose one more time, I'm going to throw myself it's off It's not a story. People really want that beginning, the middle, and the end. And I've seen proposals that do that. Obviously, you have things like an executive summary that sets the stage. Which um, also should not be 20 pages long of the history of your company. Yeah, and obviously there's that middle component of the technical and the management and the past performance and all of those requirements. And I've seen people include things like a conclusion too. And I get it. You finish writing. I a, hate conclusions. I do to a piece of work and it feels incomplete. But let's talk about a little more about how people evaluate mm -hmm. these proposals. Have you ever seen a clause in a solicitation that says that you cannot cross-reference? Yep. Why is that? Because they tear your proposal apart. These things sometimes can be 50 to 100 to 200 pages long and they get over 100 of them. We talked about earlier about using source selection software to help break these things down. There is no way one person can sit there and read an entire proposal from start to finish and a hundred of them and evaluate them, right? You think about the homework that is graded by teachers. Getting 20 done is probably a nightmare. I, I couldn't even imagine having to do this as a source selection person. So what they do is Bob over here, Jane over here, Sue over here, I don't have another name, George, gets one gets section one, one gets section two, three, four, even sometimes someone gets subsections within those sections and that's what they are responsible for. So no time is one person reading from the very be unless it's like a five page proposal or a PowerPoint. Okay, let's let's put that. Yeah, you can never say never, Amber you know, Now God damn You said never. never. You said never. never now someone's gonna say, Well I, the contracting I officer, it. have absolutely done this. Okay. Yeah. Never say never. But very, very rarely is someone going to read it from start to finish. That's why you don't need to worry about the story because no one's getting the story. They just want the answers. Answer the prompt. It's piecemeal and it's that way on purpose. So this idea of needing it to flow in terms of all of the sections, no, they're disparate sections for a reason. There's a reason there's different volumes. There's a reason there's different subcomponents. That's why they set it up that way. Now look, 
What I'm not saying is don't make your response flow within those sections. We're still writing here, people. Somebody still needs to be able to understand what it is that you're putting together. You need things like transition statements. You need to be able to go from one thought to the next within your sections. You can reference sections. up to sections if cross-referencing is allowed. Cross-referencing typically is about cross, like doing it from volume to volume. But like if it's within the same section, perfectly fine to do. Right, exactly. So just next time that you're putting together your proposal and someone says, well, you know, it's not really flowing. You just put up your finger, bup, 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 bup. The pulse says that's okay. The pulse says don't do that. Well, that's been our show. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode on how to shred a solicitation. I've been your host, Lisa Shaman. I'm Amber Hart. And we're the Pulse of GovCon. We are the shred helping you tear GovCon a new one.